Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everyone, I'm Evian Whitney, and this is The Sexually Liberated Woman. Well, first, I want to say thank you for all of the love you gave me in the last episode. I've been hearing from a lot of you that the practices I shared have really helped you come back into your body and access pleasure during these wildly unsettling times. And that makes me so happy to hear. Um, And for those of you who haven't yet, definitely check out episode 47 for some accessible and easy and also gentle practices to help you ground and reconnect into yourself. Okay, so what do I want to talk about today? Well, I think it would be a great time, (laughs) since all I have right now is time, to address an elephant in the room that has been weighing heavily on my mind ever since I came back from my impromptu hiatus, and that is the state of my marriage. I kind of alluded in the last episode that there have been some big changes happening in my life, and my relationship has been one of the biggest ones. The short version of this is that after a lot of months of hard conversations and many back and forths about our individual needs and desires, me and Jonathan, my husband and partner of almost 14 years, are not living together at the moment. Here is a long version, and uh, it is long, so (laughs) strap in. So last April, uh, 
at exactly around this time last year, I took a trip to Los Angeles to teach a workshop on sensual self-portraiture and to do some other fun work-related projects. It was the first time I had been back to LA properly since I moved from there to the Pacific Northwest. And my God, that trip ignited me. At the time, I thought it was a combination of the sun, being surrounded by all of my friends, and all of the birds of paradise (laughs) that really awakened me. And that's exactly what it felt like. Like I was finally woken from a very long sleep. I was wearing bright colors. I was feeling totally comfortable and at home, not only in my surroundings, but in my own body. I was experiencing new levels of agency and ease with my own solitude that was literally making me feel high, like I almost didn't recognize myself. During that trip, I was actually FaceTiming with my mom while walking around West Hollywood one afternoon, and she even commented on the shift in my demeanor. I remember her saying something like, wow, Evian, you are just glowing You look so happy being back in LA, like you were home. And I didn't just hear that from my mom. I heard it from my best friend in London. I heard it from strangers who were following my adventures on Instagram who were like, damn, that California sun looks good on you, sis. (laughs) And of course, all of that was affirmed by Jonathan as well. I was having such a blast in LA that I ended up extending my stay by a few more days, which is totally not my style, by the way. I am typically pretty practical and low-key rigid in the way that I do things, particularly when it comes to big things like changing travel plans and eating the cost of a plane ticket, (laughs) the perfect little Virgo that I am. So that burst of spontaneity and desire that drove me to intentionally missing my flight and staying five extra days in LA without knowing exactly where I'd be staying or what I'd be doing was very unlike me. Or actually, it was like me as I've been finding out as I continue to embrace my Sagittarius rising, but I don't want to get into astrology. That's not what this is about. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I ended up staying longer in LA, and eventually when I came back home to Portland, I did so with a lot of dread. Actually, the day before my flight back, I remember being on the phone with Jonathan, and he jokingly said, you better not be thinking about missing this flight too. And I was like, oh no, not at all. I wasn't even thinking about it which was a lie. (laughs) I had totally considered skipping that flight as well and living out of my suitcase for another five days, but I just couldn't justify it. I knew I had to come back home. Wait, I just want to interrupt my story to address something that you might be thinking or bracing yourself for as I tell the story, which is that, no, I'll say it here right now, I did not meet someone while I was in LA. I'm well, okay, that's not altogether true. I I did meet someone. I met myself. <laughs> I met the independent 
confident, successful, sun-kissed version of myself, someone whose sensuality and fearlessness had never occurred to me before, and I fell deeply, madly in love with her. And that was one of the reasons I extended my stay in LA and contemplated doing it again. I didn't want to lose her. I was actually scared to go back to Portland, back to the rain, the dreariness, back to the oppressive whiteness that, after eight years of being there, still continued to shock my system. I was worried that the LA version of Evian, who wore orange and red and lime green, who thrived with the help of the hot sun like an actual sunflower, who was enjoying the space she took up and created for herself. I was worried that Portland was going to crush that version of me. So on my flight back home, I made a vow with myself that I was going to take this lingering glimpse of the magic I caught within myself And I was going to continue to embolden it there in Portland. And, you know, that worked for a little while. Until it didn't. I couldn't stop thinking about LA. I couldn't stop thinking about who I shifted into when all I had was myself. In LA, I felt so free. And back in Portland with Jonathan... I noticed very quickly that I didn't feel that same kind of freedom. But you know, I wasn't about to make any rash decisions, the careful Virgo that I am. I thought about it a lot and was fully convinced that the feel-good freedom I felt on that trip stemmed from the thrill of solo travel, something I had never done really before until that trip. I was also pretty sure that the reason I had such a shift in my energy and persona was because of being in a new city. I mean, you know how it is. You travel to a new part of the country with a totally new vibe and climate, and you find yourself acclimating to the pace and the spirit of the city, sinking to its rhythms and vibrations. I just figured that it was that, that the travel bug had bitten me, and that's all that it was. But it was interesting. When I traveled to New York a month or two later, I didn't get those same feelings. I mean, yes, I felt like a total badass (laughs) tackling a raucous, gritty city like New York all by myself. And I definitely felt aspects of freedom and independence on that trip. But there was a kind of magic missing to it. There was a kind of magic missing in me. And I was beginning to understand what it was. I should say that as I'm processing all of this with you very vulnerably right now, I am doing so from a place of total clarity and clear perspective that I just did not have at the time because back then, all I saw was LA. All I saw was how this particular place activated parts of me that I didn't know existed. I didn't start thinking about it more deeply until months later when I went back to LA and finally decided that living in Portland and later living with Jonathan wasn't something I wanted to do. And um, I'll go into that second LA trip in a minute. But right now, (laughs) I want to pivot a little bit 
and give some context and history about my relationship with Jonathan. Because as I found out, there's a lot of important information in the way we fell in love and started our lives together that I think really explains what was actually going on for me when all of this was happening last year. I started dating Jonathan when I had just turned 19 and he had just turned 21. I was still living with my mom and my sister in the childhood home that I grew up in. I was young, and while I wouldn't have admitted it at the time, I was totally keen to move within the tried-and-true template that had been laid out before me by culture and by witnessing my own parents' relationship. You meet somebody young, you fall fast in love, you then get married, and you build your lives together as one unbreakable unit, forsaking all others and sacrificing precious parts of yourself. And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what I did with Jonathan. We got together, and within six months, we were living together, talking about marriage. (laughs) And we actually got married a little over a year after we started seeing each other. Now, I want to be really clear that I have no regrets about the way Jonathan and I met and fell in love, and I have no regrets about marrying young. My relationship with Jonathan has been both a safe space and a catalyst for me to find myself, know myself, and heal myself. It has been through this relationship that I've been given permission to uncover parts of me that, with anyone else, might not have been encouraged to bloom. It's also through this relationship that I have known and experienced true, unconditional love, something that I thought was a myth at best. With all of that said, even though Jonathan and I sought out to make the foundation of our marriage based in the autonomy and personhood of ourselves as individuals, and we practiced that with intention by choosing to open our relationship, by making sure that our queer identities would be honored outside of our marriage, and by fostering and encouraging in each other our individual needs, desires, and interests, even though we did all of that, there were still some areas within my own individuality that were not able to be fully grown or explored because we got together so young. Like, because I met Jonathan one year after I graduated high school, I never had the experience of living on my own, and I didn't go to college, so I didn't get that experience either. Much of my independence lived under the protective shadow of my partner. I also never experienced what it was like to solely look after and focus on myself for long periods of time without putting someone else before me. Because before becoming a nurturing wife to Jonathan, I was helping my mom through a messy, heartbreaking divorce and looking out for my younger sister. So Even with all of the ways we eventually radicalized our relationship, again with things like non-monogamy, I was still centering my adult life and making all of my decisions around my relationship with Jonathan. Which is not a bad thing at all if you are able to feel free while doing that. But when I was honest with myself, there were parts of me that did not feel free within my relationship. And I had gotten a glimpse of that freedom 
on that trip to LA of what it was like to have my own apartment, to be by myself, to focus totally on myself, my healing, my expression, my actualization, and discover new parts of myself within the stillness of solitude. I knew something had to change. I knew that Portland was slowly killing my spirit. I knew that I was hungering for more freedom within my marriage. I just didn't know what that looked like. I mean, I had an idea of what that could look like. It could look like me moving to Los Angeles alone and ending my relationship with Jonathan. But that didn't feel right. Because while I knew there were parts of me that didn't feel totally free in our relationship, there were parts of me that really, really did. Every time I toyed with the idea of ending our relationship, I was like, Girl, are you crazy? This is the healthiest relationship you have. You two are so good together. There was so much love here. There was so much attraction and chemistry here. You still have so many dreams to be lived through with each other. And the sex is incredible. Like, why the fuck would you want to leave that? I literally didn't know what to do. I mean, to leave didn't feel right, but to stay, didn't feel right either. But I did know I was starting to get really scared about how dire all this was feeling. There was something about this conundrum and the decision I would ultimately make that felt urgent, like there wasn't any time to waste. And all of that really came to a head during my next trip to LA that August. But before I get into that... (laughs) I need some water, so let's take a tiny break and I'll continue spilling this tea. Don't lie, there's a part of you that's loving this. (laughs) Okay, be right back. Ah, okay. I'm back and ready to keep telling all my business. (laughs) I know I'm dragging myself a bit, but I promise you, I'm really happy to be talking about this publicly because as I said earlier, it's been weighing very heavily on me and just being able to process this out is really cathartic for me. So I appreciate you for witnessing. Um, All right. So my second LA trip. This trip happened in August of last year. And it was during that trip that things became much more clear. Professionally, I came back to LA for work. But personally, I was hoping that this trip would help me figure out what the fuck I was going to do. It had been about four months since my last trip. And I was really curious to see if I would feel the same desire in my loins to relocate to LA. I wanted to see if I still felt that same hunger for freedom and self-actualization that I had felt last time. 
And boy, did I feel it. Those same feelings rushed back to me the moment I stepped out into the stale, smoggy Los Angeles air. (laughs) And not just that, I mean, throughout the entire trip, I experienced some really crazy synchronicities and messages from the universe that literally had me shook. One time, one time, I was walking outside and out of nowhere, with no one around, I smelled my grandmother's perfume. She had this very distinct perfume she would wear that was unmistakable. And my grandmother lived in LA. She had roots in LA. Actually, most of my family have roots in Los Angeles. I also started seeing angel numbers everywhere I went. So sequences of 444 and 333 and 1111 on my receipts, on addresses, on graffiti on the sidewalk, on fortune cookies. At one point, I was walking down a particularly busy street in LA, and I was feeling just this wave of emotion, feeling this visceral sense that I was supposed to be there, that I was home, not just a visitor, while also being really conscious of the fact that what was being asked of me, that where I was being led toward, was going to result in a painful decision within my relationship. Because it was when I was walking and seeing these angel numbers and all of these signs that I realized that if it weren't for Jonathan, if I had been single, I would have moved to LA in a heartbeat, no question about it. But I didn't feel like that was an option for me because Jonathan wasn't too keen on moving to LA for a plethora of reasons. Actually, back in April, when I first made the trip to LA, I was on the phone with him and I jokingly had said something like, hey, babe, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's time to come back. And his response was basically, nah. <laughs> Uh, and honestly, that's that's where that feeling of lack of freedom that I hadn't been able to shake for months was ultimately coming from. The fact that I wasn't able to live my life in the way I wanted to, that I had to defer to someone else's happiness because what I needed to feel happy and thrive wasn't in alignment with them. And can I tell y'all what really fucked me up? (laughs) What really fucked me up was that I knew all about the whole marriage is a compromise thing, that all relationships require a certain level of sacrifice and selflessness. Like the idea of prioritizing your spouse's happiness over your own was so deeply ingrained in me from a young age. I saw my mother do it with my dad, and I even did it with other lovers to my own detriment. It's how I operated in all of my relationships, not just romantic. That sense of martyring yourself, martyring your desires, your individual dreams and wishes as the best way to show someone you really love them. It's fucked up, but I was familiar with all of that. I had done that for years and I was fucking tired. I didn't want to do it anymore especially not with this, not with something that I could see so vividly would restore my vitality and my sensuality and my overall mental health, that being back home in LA. So I was thinking about all of this 
the way I had put Jonathan's happiness before my own throughout all these years, the way I'd lived my life and the decisions I would ultimately make if I didn't have the self-made obligation to someone else, all of those goddamn angel numbers. As I was walking, everything just started to click into place. And I had this thought, It wasn't just that I was being divinely led to this place. That was only a part of it. It was that I was being guided to live in LA by myself. That I was being called to intentionally separate from Jonathan to focus on my career, my happiness, and to selfishly prioritize above all others what I needed to feel joyful And fulfilled in my life. And that realization scared the shit out of me. So eventually, I made it back to my Airbnb. And I remember it was a really, really hot day. So the studio I was staying at didn't have air conditioning. And it was sweltering inside. So upon walking through the door, I took off all of my clothes, laid down on the bed, and opened my computer, hoping to turn my brain off from all of this processing. And I saw that on Spotify, Lana Del Rey had come out with this new song called Fuck It, I Love You. I pressed play, and I don't know if you ever heard this song before, but within the song are the lyrics, move to California, move to California. She says this a few times in the song. And when I heard it, I burst into tears. And that's when I knew. I knew what I had to do. So I called Jonathan on the phone that evening, and I told him everything. I told him about how I had been feeling since April, about how being in LA woke me up to the fact that I had been deeply depressed in Portland for a very long time. I told him about all the synchronicities and signs I was getting being back, and how it was feeling like I needed to move back to LA and that I needed to do it without him. This conversation lasted well over two hours and was one of the most painful talks we've ever had because we both came face to face with the ways each of us hadn't been feeling free in our relationship. It wasn't just me. There were things Jonathan wanted to explore within himself, things he wasn't able to do or focus on because of also considering my needs and desires. But for Jonathan, I think he was willing to deal with all of that because that's just what you do in relationships. Some of your dreams and desires die. They don't come to fruition. I think he felt like he ultimately signed up for that. But for me... With where I was at at the time, I didn't want to compromise or sacrifice my happiness anymore. And at the end of the conversation, we both felt like it would be best for us to go our separate ways and end our relationship. But once more, completely ending our relationship just didn't feel right. I mean, there were things that weren't perfect about it. But there was nothing fundamentally wrong with our relationship. I mean, we still loved each other. We were still each other's best friends. And not just best friends. I mean, we were deeply attracted to each other and wanted to be with each other as lovers. 
We both saw the ways we enriched and brought value to each other's lives through our partnership. And to seemingly throw all of that away seemed ridiculous. What we wanted was some space to explore what it would be like to deprioritize each other and focus on ourselves. We wanted to do our own thing, untethered, while still staying together. (laughs) It all seemed really confusing and very counterintuitive, but that's what we wanted. What I wanted in particular, like if I could have had it be exactly how I wanted it without it harming either of us, was to get my own apartment in LA, which would mean that Jonathan would stay behind in Portland, and I would live there by myself for a few months. And then eventually, once we both felt like we found what we were looking for, we would come back together and resume living together again. That's what I wanted. That was the kind of arrangement I wanted to try. And to even speak that aloud to myself was terrifying, let alone, let alone to my partner of almost 13 years. I felt a lot of guilt too, because all of this was instigated by me. Jonathan hadn't been thinking about any of this. Also, aside from my own selfish needs, there was no real reason for me to want to do this other than I just wanted to. Like my desire to do this felt like the quintessential example of having one's cake and eating it too. To even consider this felt selfish, frivolous, and overindulgent. And yet, when I took out the doom and gloom of what this would do to my marriage, what I was proposing wasn't unlike a long-distance relationship, specifically one where One half of the couple has to temporarily live or stay in another city for work or school or whatever, while the other stayed behind to hold down the fort until they came back together. People do this all the time, so maybe it wasn't that deep. I've never been in a long-distance relationship before, and I started to do some research on them, particularly on non-long-distance relationships that transitioned into long-distance because of certain circumstances. I just wanted to see what could be possible, what other options we had that didn't look like us breaking apart a relatively happy and successful relationship. And that's when I discovered the term living apart together. If you haven't heard of this before, and many people I talk to have not, living apart together describes folks who have an intimate relationship, but live at separate addresses, specifically intentionally, although there are folks in living apart together arrangements, or LAT for short, who are doing it sort of begrudgingly. I'll be honest and say that the first article I read about an LAT relationship was referencing these two white, super rich actors in Hollywood who each had their own private penthouse apartments in Manhattan and thus had the privilege to choose to live apart. And that expression of an LAT relationship did not resonate with me at all. But having a name and a framework for this, and knowing that many people had been engaging in this kind of relationship dynamic successfully for years, made me feel hopeful. It's like, oh, I'm not crazy. 
this is a thing and it can be done, albeit with a lot of work and intention, but it can be done. Because what I didn't want was for us to be like, okay, we're living apart now. See you. I personally wanted to continue to deepen our connection on the foundation we'd created over the last 13 years and also explore new ways to be intimate and close to each other while balancing my own desire to focus on myself, my work, and the self-discovery I wanted to do. So we talked about it again and again and again. We had so many conversations about it. And then in September, it was decided we were going to try it. I was going to move to LA by myself as soon as possible, which ultimately ended up being in February of this year. Jonathan was going to move to his apartment in the Pacific Northwest shortly after, and we were going to give this whole LAT thing a try. So fast forward a little bit. Um, It has been about two months since we've been living apart together, and it has been a lot of things. (laughs) It has been a lot of things. Um, It has been amazing in a lot of ways and really challenging and frustrating in others. What's been amazing on my end is how deep I've been able to go in exploring what it's like being in my own company. And while I realize I enjoy being by myself, I am noticing that the quiet and solitude is making space for observation about the ways I tend to run away from being by myself. I've become super awake (laughs) to the things I do to distract myself from sadness, grief, loneliness, anger, all of my insecurities. Within the first few days after Jonathan left me in LA, I realized pretty quickly that I've used caretaking others as a way to hide from my own feelings or the healing that needs to get done. And now that I'm alone and all I have to take care of is myself and my dog, Sophie, I'm able to be much more present to the things that I've neglected within myself. And that's hard, but it's also really, really beautiful. I'm learning so much about myself in that respect. The other thing I'm really enjoying is getting to see who I am outside of being a wife or someone's committed partner. I've always unconsciously thought that I'm better when I'm partnered, that without my man, I'm boring (laughs) and unable to really take care of myself, which is a crock of shit. It has been such a pleasure to prove that patriarchal bullshit wrong and to witness myself flourishing within my own solitude. I am being reminded of how self-reliant and independent I am. And it's so great. It's so, so great to be stretched in this way, considering that my entire adult life has been spent with a man at the center of my universe. To be able to go to bed each night feeling like I showed up fully for myself, my needs, my body's desires, the passions that I have within me. I've honestly been in awe of my own autonomy and agency and how much I am able to thrive there. As for what's challenging about this, um, well, I miss Dick. (laughs) 
That's first and foremost. (laughs) I mean, I've got some great dildos that are quenching my dick thirst, but there's nothing like a dick attached to a person, you know? So I miss dick and I really miss sleeping next to someone. That's the one thing I find that I'm not really good at, sleeping alone. I know that I sleep better when I have a warm body to cuddle up against. And unfortunately, my little dog doesn't have the amount of surface area I need to really feel fulfilled in that area. Also, uh, this coronavirus experience has, of course, added a new layer of frustration and complexity to what we're doing. I mean, Jonathan and I talked constantly about the logistics of this. We planned meticulously for the emotional, physical, and financial impact of this experiment, but we somehow managed to forget to include a global pandemic in our plans. So... Yeah, that has thrown us both for a loop, especially because for me, it's been really hard to face these very unsettling times without the person who has been my anchor for so many years. But I think that's where I can circle back to what's amazing about this. I'm proving to myself that I can be my own anchor, that I am strong enough and resourceful enough to take care of myself, and that even when it feels like I'm alone, I've got so much community around me that are helping to hold me up and keep me feeling grounded during these wild times. This time apart from Jonathan has allowed me to see the other people I have in my life who can give me companionship, intimacy, and support, which I'm so grateful for as well. I also feel really lucky to have one of my best friends as my literal next-door neighbor, so that helps too. As for me and Jonathan... We're doing really, really well. I mean, we miss each other, of course, but we talk every day and continue to explore and build intimacy between each other in ways we hadn't done since we first started dating. This time apart has shown me the strength and resiliency in myself, obviously, but also within him. It's shown me how witty he is, how thoughtful he is, even from this long distance. Each day, I am reminded why it was I initially fell in love with him and why I choose to be with him, even now, across this great distance and through this crazy experiment we're doing. So our original plan is to live apart together for six months, but who knows? It could be that we get to the month of May and we decide to cut this experiment short because we really miss each other. Or what's more likely to happen these days is that the coronavirus has our finances looking scary, so we need to move back in with each other to save some money. Because LAT ain't cheap, y'all. It ain't cheap. We could also be enjoying this experience so much that come August, we decide to extend it through the end of the year. I mean, each day is different, and we've both agreed to take it day by day and keep checking in with each other. So that's it. (laughs) That's what's been going on behind the scenes for the last year. Um, It's been a lot like... My God, just telling this story has me realizing how complicated and rich all of this has been. 
And it has been hard, really, really hard, but also really rewarding. And I'm grateful to be here right now on the other side of it. And thank you. Thank you for listening. I said it before, but processing this out loud has been really helpful for me. And it's brought to surface with even more clarity and understanding some things that were kind of on the periphery for me. Um, And because of that, in the next episode, I'm going to be bringing Jonathan, my partner, onto the podcast to talk to him about our LAT relationship and uh, process in real time what this is bringing up for both of us as a couple. If you have any questions you'd like to ask us about our living apart together situation, like, I don't know, how we're getting our sexual needs met at this time, or what our family thinks about what we're doing, you can send me an email at evian at evian.whitney.com. That's E-V-Y-A-N at evianwhitney.com. I might just answer your question on the upcoming episode. This podcast is produced, edited, and designed by me, Evian Whitney. Find me on my website, evianwhitney.com, and on Instagram at evian.whitney to keep up with me and my work. The Sexually Liberated Woman is made possible with community support from each one of my very special patrons on Patreon. If you want to help sustain the sexually liberated woman, go to patreon.com slash SLW podcast and become a patron. And don't forget to rate and review on Apple podcasts. It helps others find the show. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you in the next episode. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.